ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله عليه وسلامه وعلى اله واصحابه ومن استنى بسنته اجمعين يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد عباد الله we are commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have one thing at the forefront and at the foremost of all things that we have as human beings that comes before our ibadah that comes before our jobs, that comes before our families, that com- comes before every other responsibility that you hold dear to yourself and that you can think of. And that is one thing, and that is ikhlas. Ikhlas, sincerity, tawheed, worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and associating no partners with Him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ حُنَافَا وَيُقِيمُوا الصَّلَةِ وَيُؤْتُوا الزَّكَةِ وَذَلِكَ دِينُ الْقَيِّمَةِ that they weren't ordered with anything, the previous nations, and our nation as well, as Muslims, weren't ordered with anything except for one thing, and that is uh, the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ Having sincerity, having something called ikhlas, and ikhlas comes from the word khalusa, and khalusa means إِذَا لَمْ مَعَهُ غَيْرُهُ If there is nothing else that is mixed up with, with that particular thing. So if I have water, and there is nothing else mixed up with that water, no Robinsons, no Ribena, no other form of dilution, then that is khalusal, khalusal ma, that is pure water. So our ibadah has to be pure. Our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to be pure. Our very beings in this dunya has to be pure. And that is all taken from the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, with regards to uh, Nothing will benefit you in the hereafter from this world, from wealth, from family, from friends, from acquaintances, from status, or anything like that. Nothing will benefit you except a pure heart. Qalbun salim. Or qalbin salim. Right? Uh, and we know that the Prophet ﷺ said with regarding with regards to the heart that إِذَا صَلَحَتْ صَلَحَ الْجَسَدُ كُلُّ وَإِذَا فَسَدَتْ فَسَدَ الْجَسَدُ كُلُّ That if the heart is corrupted, then the entire body, everything that emanates from it, your actions, your speech, your intentions, your wants and desires, your hopes and aspirations in this world, all of that will become corrupted. There will be something wrong with it. Even though you might think on the outside that it is a good thing that I'm hoping for, but on, in, in the inside, at the very root of it and the, uh, and the core of it, there is a corruption that is festering and that is multiplying. If it is pure, then the rest of your actions that emanate from it will also be pure. So we are ordered with this one thing, which is ikhlas, to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and associate no partners with Him. That's a strange thing, right? That's a strange thing. Although it might seem commonplace because we hear it so much. You have to have ikhlas. You have to have ikhlas. Brother, there's no, you're not allowed to have shirk. You're not allowed to have any riya in your actions. You're not allowed to show off to others. Right? There's no hidden shirk or apparent shirk. You're not supposed to associate partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
how do you how do you how does that compute with us today right we're all here today we're all worshiping Allah we all come to the masjid to worship Allah right how is anybody coming with the mindset that they're going to the commit shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala today in their worship what is that how can anybody think in their minds that they're going to commit shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their daily lives and the things that they do normally because if we are supposed to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our ibadah isn't just Allahu Akbar alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahu liman hamida subhanahu rabbil a'la subhanahu rabbil azim that is not just our ibadah our ibadah extends and trans, uh, uh, transcends all of those things into our normal daily lives our interactions with ourselves with each other with our families all of this are acts of worship if the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is telling us that putting a morsel of food in your wife's mouth yani feeding your family right all of us here have family and even if we're not married and have kids we have a family we have parents feeding them doing good for them that is an act of worship tell me where is the takbir and tahleel and tasbih in that are you, feeding your, are you feeding your family and saying Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha You're not doing that But that in and of itself is an act of ibadah Right? When you, uh, with, your, with your wives and your spouses When uh, you are doing that act That act That is an act of ibadah And even the Sahaba were amazed They came to the Prophet and said If someone comes to his wife And you know, does what he does Is Allah going to reward him for that? So the Prophet responded and he said that if he was to do it with other than his wife, yani in a haram way, is he going to be punished for that? Absolutely. That is the that is that is ibadah as well. So ibadah permeates. It's not just takbir and tasbih and tahleel. So if we are ordered to have ikhlas in every single element of our lives, what does that mean? That means that we can also commit shirk in every element of our lives as well. That means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our niyyah, our ikhlas has to be present wherever we go. What does that mean? In the, what am I getting at, right? I keep like sort of going on that. What does that mean, what does that mean, what does that mean? What I'm getting at, brothers, is that we have to have congruence in ourselves and our actions. What we say has to be what we are. When we say that we are Muslims, we're not just Muslims when we come to the masjid. But at work, we backbite and slander and do the worst of the worst. When, when we say we're Muslims, it's not just when we come here. Rather, when we're at home, we are the worst to our families and we are tyrants. When we say we're Muslims, it's not just in front of others who say that they are Muslims. Rather, when we are alone in private, we are also Muslims. And to be Muslim is to submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Submit your will to Allah. To be congruent, to have ikhlas. To be, uh, what does congruence mean? Meaning that what's inside shows on what's outside. What's the opposite of that? The munafiq, nifaq, the one who says out, outwardly but doesn't have inside. The one who says, Ya, I believe and I am sincere and I worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mukhlisin alahuddin, and tawheed is the most important thing, and wallah, shirk is the worst thing, it's going to lead you, lead you to jahannam, and all these other things, but in private, Allah is not present in his life. He switches on his mobile, he turns on incognito mode, and Allah only knows what he's looking at. He goes on uh, his computer, on his laptop, incognito mode, or deleting all of his browser history. Allah only knows what he has watched. Allah only knows what he has looked at. Under the covers of the night, they meet. They see each other. They think that nobody is watching. They think nobody has their eyes on them. They think that they can get away with whatever they want to get away with. And they come out, mashallah, on Friday, to Jum'ah. They come to the masjid. Assalamu alaikum wa alaikum salam. 
Allah Akbar, the tasbih is there, the Quran is there, everything is there, mashallah. Beautiful, beautiful. Nothing wrong with that. No one's going to say anything to you. No one's going to say how bad of a Muslim you are. Absolutely not. Mashallah. Beautiful. But brother, what's in here? Is it because you have fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that causes you to pick up that mushaf? That causes you to say, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Or is it because people are watching you at that moment? And you need to show them that, yes, I have Iman. You need to show them that, yes, I have Islam. What is that, brothers? If that is not shirk, then I don't know what is. If that is not associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then I don't know what is. You are doing your acts of worship, not because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, rather because people are watching you do it. And this is a illness that is widespread in our ummah. The way we go about ourselves and we conduct ourselves in private, and wallah, we are all victims of this. It's not like I'm an angel, mashallah, standing on the member telling you guys and pointing the finger and saying, ah, astaghfirullah. And I don't mean the hamdala uh, type, I'm, I'm one way in front of my brothers and another way behind closed doors. You know the story of Hamdala, radiallahu anhu? Let me tell you the story of Hamdala. Hamdala radiallahu anhu was beloved to the Prophet sallallahu and he loved the Prophet sallallahu as well. They had a really, really close connection. And he was one of the close sahaba. He was with him all the time. One day, he found himself on his own. And he realized that when he is with the Prophet wasallam, his iman is in the skies. He feels so good. He feels so connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he feels so righteous and so pious. Alhamdulillah. And he feels like he's in a good place. The second he is gone from Rasulullah wasallam, he changes. His Iman is no longer that same Iman that he had with the Prophet And he's no longer saying and doing the same things that he would do with the Prophet So he started to cry And he cried and he wept and he wept until his beard became soaked with his tears And Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu just, seemed, just happened to be passing him by And he saw him in that state He says, Alhamdulillah, what is wrong with you? Why do you weep? So Alhamdulillah told him his story and uh, informed him as to why he's crying that look, I'm with the Prophet in one way And then when I leave him, I'm a, to- I'm a totally different way I must be from the Munafiqun There's a problem with me I need to be the same If I'm with the Prophet in one way And I'm not with him another way When I'm not with him Then there's a problem with me And I need to fix that and that's nifaq. I'm showing him something And in private, I'm being some- something else So Abu Bakr, he said Wallah, I'm the same as you When I'm with the Prophet I am so good I feel so good I feel so connected with Allah And the second I'm away from him I don't feel that connection anymore And it's weaker And so Abu Bakr started crying as well and they wept and wept until Abu Bakr's beard as well became uh, uh, drenched with his tears. They went to the Prophet and in some narrations the Prophet found them in that state. And the Prophet asked them, what's wrong with you guys? Why are you crying? And so they told the Prophet Ya Rasulullah, when we are with you, we feel so good. But when we are away from you, we feel like we are munafiqun. So the Prophet told them, that no, 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 you guys haven't understood it. That if you were the same as you were with me all the time, you will be shaking hands with the Malaika. You will be amongst the most noblest, noblest of Allah's creation. But it's not like that. Sometimes you have high Iman, sometimes you have low Iman. It fluctuates. So give some time to your deen and some time to your dunya. He said, Sa'atan fa An hour here, an hour there. Don't expect to be constantly on the rise. That is only the maqam of the anbiya. Right? You know the, the iman of each of us, of Allah's creation is different, right? So the iman of the angel stays the same and doesn't increase. The iman of the anbiya is constantly increasing and never decreases. And the iman of al-abd uh, al-faqir, as masakin, is always going up and it's always going down, up and down, up and down, up and down. I'm not talking about that. 
I'm not talking about when we're in private and on our own and stuff like that. Our iman is kind of decreased. And when we're around good people who are mentioning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we naturally feel, because we are servants or slaves of our environment, right? When we are around religious people, uh, we are connected to the deen in some way. When we are around irreligious people, we feel in- disconnected to the, to, to the deen. That's natural. That's normal. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about real, hardcore, in-your-face nifaq. That you say something to others, you act away to others, but in private you are totally different. And even when you are acting like that to others, inside, deep inside your heart, you still desire to be that other way. You can't wait to, okay, I'm just doing this for now, I'm just doing this for these guys in front of me. As soon as I'm on my own, as soon as I'm with my clique, as soon as I'm with the same, the boys that I do my things with, I'm going to go back to my normal self. That is who I truly am and this is just an act. That's what I'm talking about. And this is a massive problem. Massive, massive problem. Why? Because it doesn't connect uh, just to our actions. It connects down to our hearts. And we don't realize this as well. The Prophet ﷺ said with regards to sinning, especially this type of sin, right? That the person who commits these acts, uh, this is a type of fitna, right? فَمَنْ أُشْرِبَهَا نُكِتَ نُكْتَةٌ سَوْدَاء فِي قَلْبِهِ نُكِتَ عَلَى قَلْبِهِ نُكْتَةٌ سَوْدَاء That's what the Prophet ﷺ said. Whoever does these things, right? Uh, there is a, uh, a mark, a black mark that is etched on their heart. We all know this like sort of hadith that is mentioned by the Prophet that's often translated as a black spot going on your heart, right? Who's heard that? Everybody, some, that's, people have heard that? Okay, people nodding their heads. Okay, alhamdulillah. Uh, it's not actually a black mark that covers your heart. It is something that is etched inside of your heart. That's what happens. And what happens when you etch something in stone? It's not hard, it's, it's not easy to get rid of. It stays there and it stays there for a very, very long time. So these sins, they have an effect on your heart. You might not realize it because it's just an etch. It's just a little crack. It's just a little notch in your heart. And it's just one as well because there's just that one sin. But it keeps going. It keeps going. It keeps going. Another etch. Another etch. Until your heart is covered with those etches. So now you don't have this smooth uh, veneer. You don't have this outward appearance of control. You now have this ugly self that is inside you that every now and again manifests itself it manifests itself when you're angry manifests itself when you are put into some form of trial or tribulation some form of difficulty in your dunya or with your family or with any other situation like that suddenly this ugly self of yours manifests itself where did it come from how can someone who mashallah does tasbih and reads quran and does all these things and professes an iman say these heinous things why because his heart is etched with these things, with these sins that he has committed, that he has committed in private, where he thinks that no one else is looking. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even though he knows that no one else is looking except Allah, Allah etches that thing on his heart. Right? There is a rust that is developed over their hearts as a result of what they used to do. And the result of that is on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, they are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Between them and Allah is a hijab, is a barrier. They can't see Allah and Allah won't look at them. Uh, they can't speak to Allah and Allah doesn't speak to them. That is the worst of punishments, Yawm Al-Qiyamah. To not be able to speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To not be able to have any intercession with regards to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Brothers, this is our situation. And all of us, hands down, me included, have this. We all have this issue. There is a sin that we do in private, no one else knows about, no one else can see it, but we do it. We need to get rid of that. And the only way to get rid of that is to first recognize it, recognize the sin, recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you, and recognize that there is an effect 
that is going to take place on your heart that is going to manifest itself later on in your life when you need to be like sort of in control and have your mind at its best you're not going to be able to do that because your heart is not going to let you because it's already corrupted so recognize that brothers and sisters and make steps uh, to alleviate yourself of that the steps that you can take istighfar tawbah return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that ikhlas for that sincerity in your heart to manifest itself to take hold of itself so that it can show in your actions and in your speech and that way we will be congruent we will say what we do and we will do what we say whatever is inside will manifest itself outside and we won't be from the idad al-munafiqeen who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described them as being that they will be at the lowest pit of the hellfire that is not reserved for the kuffar or the mushrikun rather it's reserved for those munafiqun that say what is not in their hearts. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah hadhi wa lakum wa lisa'il muslimina fa astaghfiruh innahu huwa al-ghafoor rahim.